Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, I'm going to be doing a beginner guide slash budget deck for the new player. And if you're an existing older player that's been playing this deck for a while, it's good to get a little refresher. Just saying. In segment number two, I'm going to be talking about the direction of MTG ectoplasm. It's going to change forever. And if you've been paying attention to the show, I've had a major announcement going on. And I'm going to tell you finally who my special guest will be. Then finally, the shout out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Are you excited? Because I know I am. So let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter. That's right, Twitter. You can follow. Please, uh... Do that for me, or you can reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. That's right. You can reach out to me directly and uh, let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then finally, mtgectoplasm.com, where I have my personal website, where I put up and load all my uh, past episodes, my extensive library there. And if you want to donate or sponsor an episode just like this one, you can do that there now ladies and gentlemen now that the pleasantries are over and said and done with i have two things to ask of you two kind wonderful things i i'm begging of you all right wherever you're streaming this podcast there's usually a like a follow subscribe button hit that thing for me i'm not charging you a dollar i'm not charging you a peso an inti a euro a rupee a ruble i'm not charging you nothing do me a favor hit that thing for me I'm just asking kindly. And then the second thing I'm going to ask you kindly is do me a favor. Tell your friend, tell your family, hey, I'm, I am a spirit guy. Maybe they, they like spirits, maybe they don't, but I do bring up some magic gathering points and uh, rumors that some other people don't discuss and they may want to hear it. So, with that being said, I'm asking you kindly. I'm down on bed the knee. Don't, don't make me beg. Now, my wife will tell you, I'm good at begging, but don't make me beg. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now that I have now officially said and done, it's now time to start segment number one. And in segment number one, I wanted to bring up something because of a listener. A listener reached out to me on Twitter. And the individual's name is a long name on Twitter, obviously, because, you know, that's what we do. It, the young man's name was Ice In My Veins Gaming. He actually has his own little small channel on YouTube. Uh, he plays video games. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what it is. I stopped playing video games years ago because I get motion sickness. And it's sad. It's tragic. I know. I know most of you are boohooing for me. But the only things I can actually play anymore is the retro gaming like Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World. Other than that 3D stuff, my brain goes kaput. But Ice in, my game, Ice in My Veins Gaming reached out to me and said, you know what, Dwight, I have 
a budget deck. I'm just got into spirits because my girlfriend loves Merfolk and my other friends into this deck. You know what? Tell me what you think. Look at my sideboard. Is there anything I can improve? Is there anything I w- you would do differently? And it hit me. I was like, you know what? Bravo to this young man reaching out to me and, you know, seeing what others may say. And then also I have to give a shout out to my wife because she's been bothering me going, I want to learn spirits. Why won't you just give me a budget, a spirit budget deck and teach me how to play spirits? It's like, I know you love the deck. Why should I not love what you love? And that's a good wife there, right? We can only hope our girlfriends and wives are all like that. That's why she's my ravishing Renata. But I'm done kissing her ass. So (laughs) what I'm trying to say is, ladies and gentlemen, even if you're experienced, it's good to slow down, kick back. I know there's a one case happening all over the country now. I know I got one starting up tomorrow. Actually, yeah, tomorrow. And then there's another one starting next week. So it's time to sit back, relax. Let's let's look at spirits. Now, I decided to go with the Azorius, the blue-white build in modern. Now, I know some of you, the, the Bant people are like up in arms. I can see you grabbing your pitchforks and your, your, your torches and want to storm the castle going, no, how about us, us, us people in Bant? Where's the love for Bant? Well, I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I do enjoy Bant, but unfortunately, it is not budget-friendly. It's far from budget-friendly. Let me explain to you why, shall we? Let's go through the laundry list. Number one, Noble Hierarch. Not a cheap card. Now it's running three Birds of Paradise. Not a cheap card. It's running four Cocos. Not a cheap card. And then let's consider also the fact that the land base, not that cheap either. From the fetch lands to the dual lands to the, you know, come on. Even the horizon lands, God forbid. It's expensive. So my goal was to sit there and discuss and break down a budget-friendly deck. And you'll see that many creatures in the non-budget deck make the budget deck. Almost every single one. Now, there is one card that I had to substitute and make it a creature because that one card's a little expensive. It's just, yeah. And even some of the land cards I had to substitute to make them cheaper. So I decided, this this is where I went. I decided to just pick cards that were $10 or less. Now, I know you're saying, well, wait, that's, that's not overly cheap. But you got to consider $10... May or make some may or break somebody, but it's a lot cheaper than what's out there. Currently, Raging Pikey, who uh, came in first place last week, and we will get into what he or may he or she may have done last this week. His current build is at over eleven hundred dollars. Okay, so I had to bring it down a little. So. Let's see what we can do with this build and see if it meets your mustard or mustard. I don't know. I don't know the phrasing, but hopefully you like it. So for the beginner, let me educate you on spirits. Spirits is a tempo deck. 
Now, for many out there, the word temple has a negative connotation. It's like evil. It's like vinegar coming out of people's mouths. It's just an awful taste. Now, the problem is I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as a positive because you have your aggro decks, you have your control decks, you have your mid-range decks, so on and so forth. What tempo just means, it's an in-between aggro and control. Our goal is to sit there, put creatures out there, and attack and attack and attack, and then have the control version as our inter, uh, interaction with our opponent so we can figure out if our battlefield stays the same or adapts to what our opponent is doing because they're always going to try to manipulate our way of play and it's for us to sit there and go no 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 sir or ma'am not going to happen so that's the tempo side the control side we want to make sure the interactivity between our opponent and us is one-sided, and it benefits us. Now, in spirits, in the spirit deck, there are three main abilities, okay? The first one is flying. Okay, flying is a simple ability. It's just evasion. In general terms, it means it's just a passive way of saying unblockable. Realistically, it's not unblockable because it can be blocked by another flyer, but realistically, how many true flyers are out there in the game? Not many, so... In a, in a passive pseudo way, it's unblockable, which is beneficial to us because what is the main goal of this deck? To make sure our opponent loses 20 life, right? So the more damage we can get in and find ways to damage them, bravo, good job. Now, the next thing these spirits have is hexproof. Just simply means that it cannot be the target of spells or abilities by our opponents. We can target our creatures, but our opponents cannot. And because of that reason, it makes it difficult with them to manipulate our board state. It's going to take a board wipe entirely or something to target the entire world, that battlefield, to deal with them. And then finally, Flash. One ability I truly enjoy, but this can actually be one of the more difficult abilities for new players to master. Yeah, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. It can be a very difficult thing. For example, Spectral Sailor, just a simple 1-1 creature, has flash. Also has flying, but we'll get to that in a minute. Basically, this allows us to play the creature on our opponent's turn as an instant now, sometimes this card or cards with flash can be misplayed. For example, cards that I will discuss later like Spell Queller or Rattle Chains because there are times where we're unsure when to play these cards. Do we hold these cards back or do we put them out of re immediately? These are simple cards that I like to call the Rope-A-Dope. You, you know, you lean against the rope, you let your opponent punch you, hit you, and then all of a sudden, bang, here comes, a, you know, your uppercut, and you knock them out. So, flash can be a simple concept, but can be difficult for the new player to master. 
Now, the main difference between the spirit tribe and every other tribe out there is this. Ready? We protect our own. Now, I know some of you that are elf people coming in and listening to this episode. I know some of you that are uh, zombies and, and, and uh, vampires and so on and so forth. It's like, what do you mean you protect your own? We protect our own. We give our, our creatures plus one, plus one. No, that's just pumping. We pump too. But what I mean by protect our own is giving our creatures hexproof. If you cannot target, you cannot erase our board state muslim wanderer counters you can't do nothing because we countered your instant or sorcery we have rattle chains gives hex proof drug school captain gives hex proof we put spell queller oh you want to play a, a, a mana card you want to play a spell oh no it gets exiled i'll get to that in a minute the key point here is the set what separates spirits from everybody else is that we fly and we protect our own. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, my deck list, which I will put out later on this uh, evening, okay, because I actually have to set up for something else, a little my my 50th episode. But I will post this a little later on for you guys so you can see my budget's spirit stack. And I'll do the creatures first, and then I'll break down the creatures, then I'll break down the spells, and then my lands, and then sideboards, so on and so forth. So let's get ready. There's 36 total creatures in this deck. I'm running four Mausoleum Wanderers, two Spectral Sailors, four Watcher of the Spheres. Now, I know some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember, this is budget. Four rattle, uh, four rattle chains, four shacklegeist, four supreme phantoms, four drug school captain, four skyclave apparition, four spell queller, and two Kira the great glass spinner. Now I I know some of you are like hold on what the hell is going on here Dwight? Well all these cards I'm going to be honest with you are less than ten dollars. Yeah, even Kira, the Great Glass Spinner, currently is at $6. So all of them are less than $10. So, these this fits. And if you notice, all these cards are all the same cards that you would normally see in our non-budgetary Azorius deck. And if you wanted to go to Bant, a lot of them, transpose transpose over wonderful now if you're an ongoing listener and you've been playing spirit for a while you i know some of you going watch other spheres what the hell's going on here and the reason why ladies and gentlemen it is a substitute for aether vial aether vial currently is about 30 dollars at its cheapest okay that means that it got somebody decided to take a lizard cage and clean that card, take that card to clean the lizard cage, or decided to sit there and mop the floor with it, okay? But this is a simple, humble substitute. Yes, it's not a spirit, but let's take a look at it. 
Which of the spheres is a white and a blue, a 2-2 bird wizard? Unfortunately, we wish it's a spirit, but it's a bird wizard. It has flying. Now, what makes this thing sing? The reason why I put it in here as a substitute for aether vial is this reason. Creature spells with flying you cast cost one generic mana less to cast. So, rattle chains cost one less to play. Supreme Phantom, one less. Drug School Captain, one less. Skyclave Apparition, one less. So basically, all our creatures are basically two mana creatures. Our two mana creatures are now one mana creatures, and our one mana creatures stay our one mana creatures. So it makes our mana base more proficient. Isn't the, the whole reason why we play Aether Vial? If you didn't listen to a previous episode that I had discussing Aether Vial, there are three major things you got to consider with Aether Vial. Number one, it is free mana that's being built up that you can use that you're not using your regular mana base for. Number two, you can use tap the Aether Vial to use it as a... Uh, flash ability so for example creatures like cure the great glass banner skyclave apparition drug school captain that don't have flash the aether vial gives pseudo flash and then finally these cards cannot be countered unfortunately we're screwed on that end we're screwed on this end because with the budget build yeah they they can be countered But remember, this is a budget build. People who end up loving the tribe will end up investing more money into it, and then they will buy their Aether Vials. But I'm not done with the Watcher of Spheres, because there's another end paragraph, okay? So it has flying and creatures spells with uh, flying you cast, cost one generic mana less to play, or cast. That's great. That's wonderful. Yay. Whenever another creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, Watcher of the Spheres get a plus one plus one until end of turn so basically it is mausoleum wanderer without the countering it's mausoleum wanderer that makes all your flyers cheaper how's that a bad thing and especially if this is a budgetary build it's a two for one ladies and gentlemen this you you basically what you hope and pray for is turn one mausoleum wanderer turn two watch of the spheres and then let your deck sing let let the synergy fly delicious right so those are the reasons why those two substitutes were put in cure the great glass spinner and uh, cure the great glass spinner and the watch of the spheres but we're going to still go through the deck I discussed on a previous episode, Mausoleum Wanderer. For those who don't know, who are new novices to the spirits, every time a spirit comes into play, you can get a plus one, plus one counter on it until end of turn. Now, whatever its toughness, or hold on, let me make sure I got this right. I want to bring this correctly up. It's a... Basically, sacrifice Mausoleum Wanderer, counter target instant or sorcery unless its controller pays X, where X is the Mausoleum Wanderer's, yeah, Mausoleum Wanderer's power. So, if your opponent is casting a spell, you sacrifice Mausoleum Wanderer, the opponent has to pay two more extra mana if it's at two, two power. 
If it's at three power, they have to pay three. If it's at four, they have to pay four. You, you get the point? That's the one, the wonderful thing about Mausoleum Wanderer. This is something that I know for a fact that many Merfolk players wish they had. Now, I mentioned before, Spectral Sailor. Spectral Sailor, it has flash, it has flying, and it's a 1-1 creature. The cool thing about it is, if you have nothing in your hand, you're completely drawn out and there's nothing you can do, there's no flash, no nothing, it's a mana sink. Now, I know some of you are like, mana what? No, you don't put your dishes on top of the Spectral Sailor and hope he washes them. No. What I mean by mana sink is that what happens is, if you're not using your mana, at the end of your turn, you tap three and one, you get to draw a card. So you're not losing value. You're not losing anything by tapping your mana. You're actually generating something, and that's drawing a card. That's the benefit of Spectral Sailor. It's not one of the best spirits in the world, but it's definitely one of the more proficient ones that we are using that can benefit when you know we have nothing else to do. Then comes Rattle Chains. Rattle Chains is a flying, it has flash and flying, a blue and a one for a one one. Basically comes into play, target creature, uh, target spirit gets hexproof. And all, well, when you cast a spirit spell, you can play them as if they have flash. So it's a pseudo lord. I know some spirit players are out there like, again with the pseudo lord. I, I, I got some. I had a, it was kind of funny, the community on Reddit and even on uh, Discord, 50, it was 50-50. Yeah, it's a lord, yeah, it's it's not a lord, but it's a pseudo lord, and other people are like, it's not a lord at all, what are you talking about? It's, it doesn't give, you know, it doesn't give all spirits flash. I was like, well, you may cast sp uh, spirit spells as though they had flash. Just saying. What's the difference? Then comes Shacklegeist. One of the few cards that I actually slept on and then realized later on as I'm playing it how powerful it is. Came from uh, Corset 2021. Shacklegeist is a generic in one blue, two, two. Spirit with flying. Now, the thing that sucks that it can only block creatures with flying. But realistically, we're never going to use Shacklegeist to block ever. The whole point of Shacklegeist is its last ability or last sentence, shall we? Let's look at it. Tap two untapped spirits you control. Tap target creature you don't control. So you tap a spirit and Shacklegeist. Guess what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Whatever creature, that big fatty that's going to attack you, mm-mm. It's not going to do nothing. It's going to stay tapped. So you you know how we struggle sometimes with Prime Time, Primeval Titan in those Amulet Titan decks. Oh, you know what? I'm going to tap it before during your uh, prior to your attack phase. It can't attack. Oh, you played through the breach. Oh, and, and there's Emrakul. Mm -mm. Sorry, my friend. That fifteen fifteen does nothing. It stays tapped. Sounds wonderful, right? 
Then comes Supreme Phantom, one of the few cards that actually I fell in love with and made this deck completely viable. And what Supreme Phantom does is a generic and a blue. It's a 1-3, so it has a big booty. And basically, it has flying and gives all other spirits you control plus one, plus one. So it's a lord. This is a true lord. Not like the pseudo lord of Rattle Chains. Then comes... Mm, I don't know which one I want to do first. You know what? I'm going to go with Skyclave Apparition. I'll say my, my, my homie last. Skyclave Apparition. Now, for the newer player, this makes spirits unbelievable. Makes spirits great. Let me read to you. It's a generic and two white mana. When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you do not control with converted mana cost of four or less. When Skyclave Apparition leaves the battlefield, the exiled, card, the exiled card's owner creates a XX blue illusion token where X is the converted mana cost of that exiled card. So basically, if there's a big creature on the board, of let's say uh, a four mana creature on the board that's bothering you, or a permanent that's not a land or is not a uh, token, it goes away, goes bye-bye, never to be seen again. And even if they kill the Skyclave Apparition, they're just going to get the mana value of it. How can you beat that? That's wonderful. Think about it. Turn three. I hate to say it that way, but turn three, you can play just right out of your hands, or hopefully you have the Watcher of the Spheres and you're only paying two white mana for it. Sounds really good, right? And then comes Spell Queller. Spell Queller is that one of those cards that I told you that some people have difficulty playing with because they don't understand the power of the Spell Queller. Let me read it to you. One generic, a white, and a blue, spirit, flash, flying, and it's a 2-3. When Spell Queller enters the battlefield, exile target spell with converted mana cost four or less. When Spell Queller leaves the battlefield, the exile card's owner may cast that card without paying its mana cost so unlike sky clave apparition they get that card back and they get to cast it for free now for some of you out there like well how does this work how, how's this how's this beneficial to me wanting to play spirits well let me explain it to you this way it's a counter spell without countering let, let that sink in. It's a counter spell without countering. So basically, they cast a spell, a four or less, you like, mm, I'm going to pseudo counter it. I'm playing my spell queller that goes underneath the spell queller. And until you kill my spell queller, not, that spell is never going to get cast. And the benefit that we can give our creatures 
hexproof, that means they can't target our spell callers or other spirits. That makes it super tough. And then comes my friend, Drug School Captain. Came on my, my, my very first episode. Drug School Captain, one generic, a white and a blue, two, two, flying creature. Other spirits you control get plus one, plus one, and have hexproof. They can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponent controls. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, it is nothing more than a supreme phantom with protection. Now, how can you beat that? I love protection. Protect me all you want. But that's what makes it wonderful. Now, if you didn't think you had enough protection, oh, no, no. I decided to get even crazier. I decided, you know what? It's time to add Kira the Great Glass Spinner. That's right, Kira the Glass Spinner, because she's only $6. And Kira the Great Glass Spinner is a generic and two blue legendary spirit with flying and is a 2-2. Now, for those that are new to the spirit tribe, Listen to this, and it's wonderful. You're like, oh, I love for spirits from this point on. You ready? Creatures you control. Whenever this creature becomes the target of spell or ability for the first time each turn, counter that spell or ability. Let that sink in. When this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability for the first time each turn, counter that spell or ability that's an instant counter spell it's an instant counter spell on a body oh excuse me mr burn guy what do you want to do oh you want a lightning bolt no that gets countered you want to do it no you this is your first spell no it's not going to happen and the fact that you give your creatures hexproof? Yeah, it, it, that's super, that, like, that's super protection. Okay, that's, that's like having a house and basically you have a security system and then you have a moat. Then on, not only do you have a moat, you have a minefield past the moat and then you have elephants and, and, and swordmen in front of the minefield, it's ridiculous. It, it, it's stupid wonderful. Yes, and I use the term stupid wonderful. <coughs> so those are the creatures. Now, spell-wise, I only put in one type of spell, maybe three of them. Because right now, I have to admit, Modern is in a very quick place. Very quick. One way we can deal with this is using one particular spell. Unfortunately, I wish it was an instant, but we were told during the, the creation of Modern Horizons 2 that it was an instant. They took it away because it was too powerful. And that's Prismatic Ending, which is an X and 1 sorcery with Converge. 
Exile target non-permanent, its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colors mana spent to cast a spell. So since we're playing Azorius, that means two. So if two mana or less creature, er, yeah, oh, sorry, permanent, non-land permanent, goes away. So if they cast a Ragavan, gone, exiled. They're playing, uh, let's say, uh, Amulet of Vigor, gone forever. Death Shadow, gone forever. Shall we continue? And putting three in this deck? How are you, com you going to complain? We already have Skyclave Apparition that does four or less. This is just backup with, you know, two or less. And having three in there, what's there to complain about? Now comes our land base. Now, the land base was a little tough for me because, of course, you know, we're so used to having Cavernous Souls and we're used to having like three in there and then having our Horizon Lands and then our Fetch Lands and then our Quick Lands and so on and so forth. Well, all those are over $10. All of them are over $10. So I have 21 land just like I did with the normal build. So I put in four hollowed fountains. Now you're going to go, Dwight, well, Dwight, well, that's a dual land. Well, those are $10 a piece currently. I put four misty gate hinge gate pathways. Those are the flippy lands from Caltime. Of course, we're going to need to put in two Moreland Hunt because we know that spirits, eh, they, you know, we, our spirits tend to die, but we like to have backup, and you know what helps? Chuckle, guys. Those tokens. Then you have two unclaimed territory. We just say spirits, and they provide us whatever mana we need. So it's like a very, 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 did I say the word very? Weak version of Cavernous Souls that doesn't give our creatures uncounterable. Then four island, four plains, and then one waterlogged grove. Now, waterlogged grove currently is a $7.50 card Horizon Land, meaning that if you pay one generic mana, you tap it, you sacrifice it, you get to draw a card. Now, I wanted to put more in there, but I was like, you know what, Dwight, let's not get selfish. I figure one is good in there for now. We don't want to cause too much damage to ourselves. Let it be. So as you see, ladies and gentlemen, I made it a lot cheaper. And I hate to say, most of the money, most of the value is caught in the lands and the ether vials. And then in the sideboard is where it gets you know, still $10 or less. I put in two Kitaki Wars Wage because, of course, what's going on uh, with the artifacts. There's a lot of artifact play right now, especially with Hammer Time, now with Affinity becoming a thing. Kind of scary. 
I put two Eidolon of the Rhetoric. Because why? Because Eidolon, first of all, even though it doesn't have flying, it does have a huge booty, a 1-4. But it makes sure that players can't cast more than one spell a turn, which actually helps us out. Because realistically, in this budget build, it's a fair deck. And what's not fair is our opponent over-exceeding what they're doing. So we want to make sure we keep the game fair. Then we have two Dampening Sphere. Of course, we use that for uh, that wonderful evil deck out there. Uh, uh, I can't believe I forgot. Tron. But also, it slows down decks so they can, you know, they have to spend an extra mana to do another, uh, cast another spell that turn. So, it, you know, it slows down, uh, I can't believe I forgot the name of this thing where they keep on playing card after card after card after card. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, well. If I remember later, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it, but Dampening Sphere is a moral imperative in these sideboards. Then comes Rest in Peace. Why Rest in Peace, ladies and gentlemen? Because when have we not seen Modern have some type of graveyard shenanigans? They always have graveyard shenanigans. Then we have two Sanctifier Invec. Another card that deals with the graveyard. And the fact that it has protection from red and black. How are you going to complain? Now, I wish this was a spirit cleric, but it's a human cleric. So, you know, they, you know, our opponents may find a unique way of dealing with it. But if we have Kira the Great Glass Spinner, Nope. Then two portable hole. I just figured, you know what? Doesn't hurt to sit there and get rid of more stuff on the battlefield of two or less. And then finally, void mirror. Three void mirror. The reason why I put three void mirror, ladies and gentlemen, is because the fact of these these elemental decks, man. Like, I understand that right now that Hammer Time is the best deck in the format. But let me just tell you, this Titan Tribal, whew, it, it's crazy insane. And the best way to slow it down is Void Mirror. And there's really nothing they can do except for play Foundation Breaker. Or deal with Foundation Breaker. That's it. So well, how do we deal with that? Void Mirror. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's my breakdown of my budget deck. Tell me what you think. Did I do a good job, a bad job? Reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. I would like to hear from you. And if you're a new person going, hey, you know, I want to get in spirits. I like this deck. Can you give me more pointers? Don't worry about it. You got persons like me, Andre Segura, and all the others out there that are providing enough spirit content to sit there and help uh, the new uh, the new player and the old player. Now, my final thing I want to say is there's one card 
that's there's one particular card that I see a lot of players going, holy crap, that card's super expensive, and maybe I should make that the first card I purchase. And that's Force of Negation. I'm going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I like Force of Negation. Big fan of Force of Negation. I think it's the only card, honestly, that really keeps modern humble. Because there's a lot of combo decks out there that can cause so much shenanigans that if it wasn't for Force of Negation, I really think uh, modern would really be in a bad position. But as we see right now, it's an open format. Anything and everything can happen. Now, if you're a new player getting into spirits, do yourself a favor. Save that card for last. Do not buy Force of Negation immediately. I know it may go up in value in the future, and you want to get it now while it's cheap. I don't know. $100 is, you know, $100, what is it, maybe $125? I'm not going to say that card is cheap. No, I'll, I'll never say that. It's a... It's an expensive, expensive money card. Oh, it's at $90.71, according to TCG Player. But still, not cheap. I'd rather, if you really like the tribe, Spirit Tribe, I'd rather you come in and focus on the, the main deck itself. I want you to see the consistency of how it plays. I want you to see the symmetry that plays. I, you know, there is synergy in this deck that just makes spirits sing and makes it one of the best tribes out in Magic the Gathering. And I'd rather you have a great time focusing in with that than just focusing on one particular card that's just terribly expensive. And realistically, rarely... I'd say it could choose maybe less than 20% of the time. I would like to say it could choose about 15% of the time. So do yourself a favor, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a new player and you're listening to this show and going, thank you, Dwight, for the budget suggestion. Thank you for explaining to me how Spirits plays, so on and so forth. Thank you. Do me a favor. Force negation. Wait, wait wait for it you don't need it right away there's good substitutes out there hell if if you looked at the sideboard i gave you that's a that's a solid sideboard right there that you don't need force negation so that's the end of segment number one now in segment number two i want to discuss with you the future of mtg ectoplasm now, thanks to my wonderful wife, the Ravishing Renata, she has helped me uh, do this whole thing, and she has been my motivation. And I say that in the you know with love. Uh, she's given me ideas. She helped me. To, you know, she's like demanded me do this episode, but she she said you you need to go out. You need to do more. People are listening. You have their attention. Give them more. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, within the last 
let's say what, two weeks, my wife has been slowly posting many of my past episodes onto YouTube. You don't see my image. You just see uh, a new intro screen, uh, what the topic is, and then little post screen. And all it is is this show that you hear. So if you were looking to have something going on in the background on your TV, if you're at a card shop and go, hey, listen to this guy, blah, 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 and you can see it there on YouTube, you can do that. She has been posting two episodes a day. One, I believe, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and uh, 12 o'clock and then in the afternoon and then 12 o'clock in the evening at midnight, noon and midnight. And we're doing this, ladies and gentlemen, because in the near future, I'm hoping starting after my 50th episode, my 51st episode, we will begin posting, if everything works according to plan, my 51st episode, you will begin seeing me live or recorded for your YouTube pleasure. Now, I know some of you are like, well, Dwight, what's going to happen with the audio? Are you going to still be on Spotify? Are you still going to be on Apple and Google Podcasts? Guess what? I'm not leaving those podcasts. You found me. I'm not leaving you, the loyal listener. The thousands and thousands of you. I'm not leaving you at all. I 100% appreciate you. No matter if you're from the U.S., Canada, Brazil, Israel, uh, Pakistan, uh, uh, Chile, Colombia, Peru, Uruguay, uh, France, so on and so forth, Malaysia, China. Wherever you're listening to me, thank you. And I'm not leaving you. I just want to spread my wings a little bit more so people can get more of the spirit content. We have a good thing here, ladies and gentlemen, and we want spirits to grow and thrive. So with the assistance of my wife and my friends at Rec Productions, that's Rect, W-R-E-C-K, the letter D, productions.com, we will be filming my 50th episode live at their studios. I will be filming August 16th, which is tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've been telling you this all over and over again, and I have a special, special guest that I'm bringing to the show. And now here it is. I hope you're ready, ladies and gentlemen. Because the special guest that I'm bringing in will be Andre Seguera, the Spirit Master. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I told you that I was bringing a master to the show, and I am a man of my word, and I'm bringing Andre Seguera, the Spirit Master. He's going to come to the show. I'm going to ask him questions, and... Hopefully you like it, you enjoy it. So hopefully you will follow me August 16th, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will see me on hopefully YouTube and or Twitch. I want you to mostly focus on that Twitch. Twitch and uh, you'll follow me at, a, uh, what is it, MTG Ectoplasm Channel, okay? So remember, MTG Ectoplasm Channel, 
on Twitch, 9.30 a.m. I will be interviewing Andre Seguera. And of course, we will be not talking about tiddlywinks. We will not be talking about uh, apples to apples or exploding kittens. We will be talking about, is it exploding kittens? Yeah, exploding kittens. We, <laughs> we will be talking about Magic, magic the Gathering and spirits. All right? So hopefully, now you know the future. If you want to go, go to my YouTube right now, go to YouTube, put in MTG Ectoplasm, you will start seeing more episodes posted. I, my wife is sitting here next to me. Once episode, when will this episode be posted on YouTube? Uh, I think Thursday of this week. Okay, so this episode that you're hearing, unfortunately, on YouTube... You will see it on Thursday. This episode you will hear today when I finish streaming this, ep uh, stop recording this episode. So that's all I have to say about that for segment number two. And hopefully you will join me in the future, in the my near future of expanding the show and growing this thanks to you, the listener, for reaching out to me on Twitter on uh and on um and through my email at mtg ectoplasm at gmail.com and i want to thank all of you i i 100 appreciate it and please donate please i need donations because i need to update my equipment my wife is like killing me over here so with that being said ladies and gentlemen it is now time for segment number three and that's the shout-out section, where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Did you make it? I hope so. So, as I normally do, I'm going to start in historic. Now, unfortunately, as you know and I know, we both know, and everybody else listening in the background, Wati doesn't really tell us who the individual is. But I'm going to still shout you out no matter what. Because the fact that you need recognition, and if you know who you are, you know I'm your cheerleader. August 9th, this player was using a bant build in historic. Now listen to that. Historic August 9th, using a bant build. And it was a mythic, sorry, a platinum mythic ranked player. Now, I know some of you are like, well, Dwight, usually it's that mono blue snow belt. You're right. But this individual decided to go with Realm Walker and Collected Company in that historic build. Pretty interesting. I'm going to try to look this, this build up so I can do an episode on it. So for those who play Arena and do historic, you know, we can discuss a little something. You know what I mean? Now, in Pioneer, August 10th, in the first place, uh, finish with an Azorius build, Nordis. Happy Nordis is back. On August 12th, an individual went 5-0 with a BAMP build in a Pioneer League. And that's Ichiroku. Ichiroku. Well, congratulations, guys, for kicking ass in Pioneer. Now, in Modern, both of these players kicked ass on August 13th. First player is with a 5-0 Azorius build in my modern league, Raging Pikey. 
That's right. Raging Pikey's being consistent here. He's kicking ass. Congratulations, Raging Pikey. Then comes another 5-0 finish with a band build in the modern league. The one, the only, Dr. Queller. Congratulations, guys, for kicking ass in modern. Now, if you're listening to the show, and I know thousands of you right now are listening to the show domestically and worldwide, and if you did not hear your name, that doesn't mean I'm not cheerleading for you as well. I guarantee you will get to this 5-0 finish or 4-0 finish or you'll get to first place and I will shout you out on this station, on this channel, on this podcast. There's a moderator that does the, uh, uh, he, he's the uh, admin for the Facebook uh, spirits for Modern and Pioneer and he always gets these 4-1s and 3-1s. I want to shout him out. But for that, you gotta you gotta be the top of the you gotta be the best of the best, and I'm I'm rooting for that individual, as I'm rooting for you, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm done. I got no more for you. What I'm gonna ask you kindly is be kind to one another, another, treat each other well, and when you're sitting there playing Magic the Gathering, make your opponent say that's bushy. See you guys next time. And remember, August 16th, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, MTG Ectoplanism Channel, Andre Segura, the Spirit Master. That's right, Spirit Master. Come and watch my show. Wah! See you guys next time.